The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio, we're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And this week, once again, is no exception. Today, we're going to talk about embracing the true nature of human design. My special guest, a return guest to the show, and one of my favorite people, Rebecca Dawson. She comes to us from Perth, Australia. She's an author and a channeler. She channels a collective, a very loving collective called The Masters. We're going to talk to them today. I think you're really going to enjoy it because I'll be able to directly ask them questions and they're they're very, they're fun, they're interesting, and they're insightful, and they're informative. So Rebecca and the Masters are going to be here today. Rebecca's got a new book that's been channeled through from the Masters called Foo, The Return of the Magnetic Human. What does that mean? We'll get into all of that when she comes on the show in just a few. So here we are in mid-December. How's everybody doing out there? Doesn't it seem like December as a month goes faster than any other month? You get out of Thanksgiving. And it's like, oh, I have time, plenty of time before the holidays. And like, boom, the weeks go by. Seems like faster than ever. Now, fortunately for myself, I decided to do my ordering, my holiday ordering uh, presents and stuff around the Black Friday time. And it's interesting now because Black Friday is before Thanksgiving. It's after Thanksgiving. It just keeps going. But I want to get that stuff out of the way. And the reason why I wanted to get my orders out and in because there's so many packages flying around at this time of the year, and this is the first time I've ever experienced it, but I found some packages getting lost in transit when they do the supply chain handoff from a big carrier to the local carriers, whatever, and they need to, the package needs to be handed off and accepted. I've had two just in limbo, and I got a refund on one, and I'm waiting on the other one. I'm going to give it another day, but uh, it's just amazing because you think about how many packages go through with Amazon and every place else that delivers all the time. And then you layer on top of that, all of the holiday ordering. It's like, wow. So keep track of that, folks. Make sure you know where your stuff is because there's a lot of stuff floating around out there going back and forth. And before you know it, the holidays are going to be here. So if you have to replace a present, uh, now's the time to do it. Get on it because boom, then the holiday parties come up. And my family, we've got a whole bunch of birthdays in December. I guess my, uh, my mom and dad were busy in March when, <laughs> before my brother and I were born. But then we also have some other folks in the family who have December birthdays also. And I actually love my birthday is uh, three days before Christmas. And it's, it's cool because people say, oh, you know, uh, is it bad to have a birthday then? No, it's actually very good because... I used to get money on my birthday and then presents on Christmas. And then you get a special kind of devoted celebration a couple of days before Christmas when everybody's celebrating. So it's kind of fun that you get a separate little holiday all for you. That is if your birthday is a couple of days before Christmas. Now, if it's the day after Christmas or between Christmas and New Year's, you may get lost in the shuffle a little bit from a tension standpoint. But hey, it is what it is. You're born when you're born. But 
I actually like when my birthday is and it's at the end of the year. So I got the whole calendar year ahead. It's easy to keep track and uh, it's just all good. So Guys Guys Radio, my special guest, she's a friend and she's a wonderful channeler and she has so many, many insights to share with us from the Masters, Rebecca Dawson for Perth, Australia. I think you're really going to like our conversation and it's coming up right away. It's Guys Guy Radio. Guys Guys Radio, very special guest today is Rebecca Dawson. She's a return guest. She's been on the show before. She's a noted channel uh, channeler, and she works with a collective called The Masters. And today, we're going to talk about a lot of what's going on in the world, all the changes we see, how people are waking up, uh, ascension symptoms. And also about the kind of the collective agreements that we've all been living under and how they're all now under scrutiny, if you will. She's also got a new book. It's called Foo, and it's been channeled in through the masters, the return of the magnetic human, embracing the human capacity to create reality and preparing us for this shift. So welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, my friend and a wonderful channel, Rebecca Dawson. Hi, thanks for having me on again. It's nice to be with you. Let's start right at the beginning. Um, you are a channel, and I guess for pe- folks out there who are not that familiar with it, you got this gift at age of 18. You were studying to be an architect. What happened? Uh, I was um, giving some advice to someone one day, which I had been doing since I was quite young. For some reason, people tend to come to me for, for advice. Uh, and I was sitting there speaking with them. They were going through a particularly difficult breakup. And uh, all of a sudden, I felt very expanded. Uh, I describe it as being like the marshmallow man in Ghostbusters. I felt really, really huge. <laughs> and uh, and suddenly, it wasn't my voice anymore. And there was a whole lot of information that came through for that person about why this was happening for them and 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 why it was important for them to be experiencing. And it seemed like a few minutes, and it and it was actually an hour when I had um, had come out of it. So that was the beginning. <laughs> Now, when you work with the the masters, and how did how did that name did, did they tell you this is who we are and we call ourselves the masters, or did you come out with that uh, moniker for them? Well, they always talk about mastery and how they're leading humanity back into their own sense of mastery. In the beginning, for me, it was a being um, called Serapis, Serapis Bay, and and some people have have identified that particular vibration as a master. And then I had um, Saint Germain for many, many years, who's who's still with me, and Kuthumi as well. So I used to bring them through individually, and they all had very different tones and different approaches to the subject matter. And then eventually it all sort of braided and intertwined together as a collective energy. Did you ask yourself why you had been granted this gift and uh, did you want it? Uh, it's certainly nothing I aspired to. <laughs> I think it's actually quite disruptive, and I'm sure uh, uh, if you interviewed other channelers, they would say to you that it's not an easy, it's not an easy uh, life experience to be a channeler. Uh, it's like living in two or more different worlds, actually. And uh, I, I starting to channel was really just the beginning of the challenge for me. After that, was figuring out how to how that fits into my life. Can I have a normal life? What does this mean for my direction? Um, It's a challenge. 
has it has it uh with uh with the risk of a personal question has it affected your personal life and how you how you live day to day and you know you had to switch careers and this is it seems like every day is a an open book um you're creating Mm -hmm. definitely um thank you for asking not many people really ask that question uh it has because there are conventional ways of doing things in the world such as getting married having children having a career and and what i've discovered is particularly because we're going through this huge shift in consciousness right now is that there's there's often a conflict that goes on between how it can be done and how it should be done uh or, or traditionally how things are done and how they could be done and and i know that and this this has been quite personal We've been speaking about the shift from 3D to 5D for, for so long and uh, we can't do things in the same way anymore out of obligation or commitment or, or doing things by the book. And I do remember one night I was giving a, a seminar, a channeled seminar all about relationships and how relationships are shifting. And I remember driving away from that seminar and going home to my family And the realization struck me that we're talking about all these things, but I'm not I'm not really walking the talk. And that's very disruptive because as anyone that's on a spiritual unfolding knows, it's it's not comfortable, it's disruptive, it's destructive. Mm-hmm. So it for me it has been destructive, but it's been destructive in breaking down limitations. And uh, it's not always comfortable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what I've learned is I have to live it. Mm -hmm. And that's the greatest challenge. Very well stated. Um, Let's talk about this new book. It's called Foo. And uh, it's about the magnetic resonance of the human, the new human. And in layman's terms, um, and I I worked my way through it, and it's uh, you have to go slowly, but then it starts to open up as you read it. And I, at first I was struggling a little bit. And then as I got about 100 page into it, I'm like, OK, I get it. And basically, it seems like there's we've been living in a, kind of an electrical grid and then everything's connected in certain ways. If I do this, I get that. And it, it all works together. And if if, if like on a, a grid for the your energy, if something gets rewired or something, it, the whole thing might not work. Whereas in the magnetic magnetic resonance, we are constantly creating moment by moment. So it's eternal. So things kind of get flipped over. Death becomes, and life are the same thing. Um, we exhale to, and we create, we inhale and accept and experience who we are. There's a lot of concepts like that. Explain to us how this, the difference between the electric and the magnetic resonance of humans and why it's so important and why it's happening now. Well, the electrical, the electrical grid, as we call it, is this grid of thought-based belief. And thought-based belief, well, thought as we, as we know it biologically, tends to be measured electrically. And the truth is that even though we could say, well, we're electric beings, we exist within a reality that is based on electrical transference of energy. So when we see ourselves within that grid or matrix we're like points on a circuit board and and we donate energy to keep everything running so we get up in the morning and we 
do what we need to do. We go out to work and we donate, 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 because we're aware that we're a part of this grid network. Now, we donate not only because it seems like the right thing to do for the collective to keep everything running, but we also donate in the hope that that energy is going to go around that circuit and come back to us. The only issue is that it's a fallible set up which means that it only takes one point in the circuit board to break down one factor to not line up and that energy doesn't come back to you it's also very very difficult to be to be convinced to step out of that because if you step out of it you're not a part of it you're not going to get anything you're going to die so that's all electrically based creation and the truth is that it's very difficult to move around that you kind of have to stick to your position or try and move around it in a grid-like way. So if we think about thought as electrical, electrical thought in, in our view and in the master's view is based on memory. So it's just a recurring pattern. When we get into real creation, it's really about vibration. And vibration is not so much that electrical transference, it's more that magnetic field. And that magnetic field always returns to you. And, and a lot of uh, spiritual teachings in history, particularly the esoterics in, in uh, Egypt and earlier than that, Atlantean period, always talked about maintaining your own energy, recirculating it around to yourself, because that's where we can really build resonance for vibration and then start to call things to us, which means that no donation is required to get a return. And if we're not donating energy, but we're actually just nourishing and nurturing our own sovereign beings, we can create completely new realities. We're not sacrificing anything. Is this, um, could we, because I interview so many folks and I've interviewed other channels and they seem to speak about similar concepts. But in different ways, we talked yeah. about the, the the collective the agreements uh, through the guides, Paul Selleck's guides, and I've been uh, speaking with Joe Vitale from The Secret, and he is very much into Ho'oponopono, and I got myself certified in that. And it seems like it has some resonance here because with Ho'oponopono, the goal is to clean everything, kind of to get everything out of the way so the pure energy is available to us. We get to the zero point. We get the data out of the way and we can create. Do you find that you hear and there are uh, different ways of saying similar things? We, we come at it from different angles based on some of the spiritual teachers and messengers like yourself that are out there? Absolutely. And I love that there's so many people talking about it in different ways because that makes it accessible to people no matter where they're sitting with their own belief. Well, with something like Ho'oponopono, as I understand it, it's, it's a return to self. Yes. It's it's a return to self, and that's the food. It's not giving anything away. It's actually bringing it all back. And it's like planting a tree and bearing fruit, but not tasting any of the fruit for yourself, but sending it to market. You want to send it to market because then you can earn money, because then you can have status, because then you're servicing the community. But this is now about eating our own fruit. And this is the return of humanity to that kind of self-empowerment and sovereignty where we can actually now begin to really generate the vibrational frequency and resonance to be able to build a new version of reality for the collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so so well stated. My special guest, Rebecca Dawson, channel from Perth, Australia. Um, 
So as part of that, um, and these concepts, you really have to wrap your head. If you're a layman like myself, you really have to wrap your head around it. But one of the notions is the sun is, uh, we look at the sun in a new way. So when we're in the electrical grid, you do this and you get that and everything can be uniform, but that's limiting. There's a cap on that. But if you look at how nature works, where you plant seeds in the ground and every little tree and sapling grows in a different way, that's because they're not tied into the same matrix, if you will, that we are in our culture and society. Could you uh, elaborate on that a bit, Rebecca? Yeah, well, let me let me uh, ground that back into our concept of the original Earth design. So Earth is actually designed to be a creative garden in Eden. We can see that in our own genetic signatures. None of us are designed to be the same. So even as ourselves, as aspects of source consciousness in form, we're all unique, just as every single plant on the planet is unique. So the, the electrical matrix of repetitive thought that we feed into all the time, that it demands repetition and consistency. It demands us to do the same things every day to get certain results. But what it does is it just produces more of the same. It seems so. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so the unique nature of who we are is to do something different all the time. But the system that we participate with doesn't want us to do that. Because if we do that, we're not necessarily donating to that system and keeping it running. And as part of that, it seems to me that it's even becoming more so with that the expectation and the limiting of creativity and the uniformity of how the planet, the, who's ever running the planet, wants us to, to behave. And I notice that's more now than ever, and people are buying into it, whether it's, I notice out here in Southern California, the way people drive, they tailgate you, they're in a hurry, they'll cut you off just to get to the red light. It's like, I'm doing this and because I want to get that. And it's, there's, no, it, there's no care about the other person. It's just, I got to get here. And it's not almost like it's not doesn't feel like it's rude. It's just like, I got to do this. And you're just you don't matter. You're just in the way. So get out of the way. And it seems like that's part of the training, the the cultural training that we're getting now. And it seems to me that's more dialed up than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, even. What's your take on that? I love that you bring that up. I think that was that was really, really brilliant. Because the the one thing that keeps us in that system of donating our energy in the hope of some return is the assumption of time. It doesn't continue to operate unless we subscribe to the pressure of time. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we have diaries, we have schedules, we're aging, we have to hurry up and get this done. If there was no sense or belief in time, there would be no participation. So this is so brilliant because creation itself can only exist in a state of timelessness. That's what you call the zero-point field or the what is or the space between spaces, as the masters call it. That's where creation happens. It doesn't happen within time. If we're actually very subscribed to a timeline, no creation can happen there. It's just a continuation of what was into the future permutated and permeated slightly differently. So it's already happening. 
there's no sense of sovereignty in time and there's no sense of creation. So in that case, with what you're describing with people being in a rush, they're, they're in, I've got to be here and donate energy to this or I won't survive. In those moments, it's the spontaneous action. It's the, I'm going to take my time. It's dropping into a sense of timelessness where creative inspiration and new energy really starts to bring in the things that are possible for us, not the things that are probable for us. Now, as part of that, Rebecca, is there, it seems like then there is actually more space than there is density. And we, part of this, the return to the um, magnetic source of magnetic resonance is getting, being able to dial into the space that's so ample so we can create versus being constricted in a, in a system that keeps us um, tethered to time. I love that. And I love, I love the way that you describe that. And people will often say, well, what's the best way to do that? Spontaneous action. Mm-hmm. Being in a space where you can say, I don't know. I mean, some people use meditative practices to try and quiet the mind. My favorite thing is to think about the cosmos and looking up at the night sky and saying, well, where is my attention? My attention immediately goes to the stars. But what about the 99.999%, which is all of the space? And so it's just shifting your focus. I call it slightly to the left. Just Mm -hmm. go left bit even when i'm speaking to someone in a conversation if i want inspiration and if i want to create something new in this conversation i'll actually just shift my gaze slightly to the left into the space and it actually takes me out of time and out of engagement and boom the inspiration is there which is not so different to the state of channeling Mm, wow the in the book foo there's a um, breathing is very important and most people in our collective believe that we breathe in we take something in we exhale and we eliminate it and a lot of practices even meditation or yoga or whatever a lot of breathe in breathe out the in foo we're being told that it, you think of it in a contrarian way where when you're breathing in, you're actually experiencing yourself. And when you're exhaling, you are putting yourself into a a creative space, if you will. Is that true? It is. It is um, counterintuitive to what we've believed. And and I love that the masters challenge us with inversions like that all of the time. Uh, Because it is, again, the focus on the self, because we are the creation space. So every time we inhale, we are bringing attention to that creative force. And the exhale is merely the expression of it. So it's actually the inhalation that is important because that's what's life-affirming and life-sustaining. And Another thing that I found fascinating in the book, and I practiced it last night when I was reading it, it was talking about seeing beyond limits and the page came up i had a a little bout with uh, something last night and it said about pain that you could go beyond the belief of the pain go beyond it and i started to imagine myself going beyond the discomfort the pain that i felt and it started to dissipate now when i went to bed it did come back and some other stuff happened but in that brief time where i was reading and also dealing with discomfort by by p- placing myself in a position to transcend the limit of the pain, the borders, it dissipated. Is that true? 
I mean, it worked for me. I, mean, I don't know if that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, Is that was that just a mindset thing or a heart space or? Well, well, pain in a, in and of itself is fascinating because it's so helpful, and and we're taught again to release pain, to get rid of pain, to remove things from ourselves, and that's not so different from donating into an electrical grid because it's all about what are you removing from your yeah. own system. The practice of foo is the opposite of that. So instead of rejecting something, we actually embrace it. And so in doing that, you actually bring it back to wholeness and you have the ability to drop through it and it brings your attention to the present moment. So pain is incredibly helpful because it brings our attention back to this. It actually brings you back to the void space. So you talk about, and referencing the book, Moving Beyond the Limitation of Pain, my own personal practice of this, I, I get migraines quite regularly, is to actually drop through it, to actually go so deep into the core of the pain sitting within my body that I've dropped into the zero point of it. And in that, there's a new cycle of a new reality that's birthed in that moment. So I find pain is helpful because it brings me back to this. Now, in the in the book, I as I was reading and preparing notes, I started. I just kept jotting down a lot of different phrases in the books and sentences. So let me throw a couple of them out, out there and see what you have to say about it. So here's one: the principle of foo is that all things return. All things return. That's not a cycle of repetition. That's returning to the source. Yes, and <laughs> we see that with the sun. We see that with fusion energy. We see it with all things in life. We just don't believe it for ourselves necessarily. Okay, here's another one. Um, define oh, def divine infant cells in the same in the same vein, if you will, of what the masters are teaching. I recently read the Masters of the Far East, and they talk about how people in the past could live these 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 masters if you will that were discovered in this book by Baird Spaulding um to hundreds and hundreds of years and yet they would look young like yourself and it was because they had divine infant cells and I've been doing a practice for about a year now of expelling my old dying cells which we do all the time anyhow and only replacing them with divine infant cells and I have actually found um that I have more strength than I did uh, a year and two years ago, physical from doing workouts and stuff like that. And, and I'm a boomer and so I'm aging and stuff, but I've, I, in most instances, I feel fantastic and I attribute it to that. But my point is the divine infant cells, uh, that concept seems also in line with what the masters are talking about with food. Yeah, it's, it's the whole regeneration that happens the rebirth that happens, the reset that happens every time you completely return to yourself. Again, what keeps us in a belief of deterioration and continual exchange is time. So it's interesting the way time comes into this again with cells because I think it was Zach Bush that said, he's a really interesting guy, I heard him say in one of his interviews that cells actually regenerate themselves every one thousandth of a second or something like that yeah. and, and it it's true because it, if you're not in that space of measurability of time regeneration is happening in every moment because the truth of the universe is that everything returns to source everything is source so, so it's always happening 
So what the takeaway then for our listeners and viewers that a lot of people think, oh, you know, my dad had a heart attack and died at 50. So I'm going to have a heart attack and die at 50. I've seen that happen. I had a friend from high school. His dad had a heart attack at 50. He had a heart attack at 50. But it doesn't necessarily have to happen that way. And I think if you put the intention that that's just my lot in life, you're actually bringing it towards you where if you work with the space, if you will, that's out there, you don't have to follow the epigenetic uh, code for yourself. I, w- I would agree. And again, everything is based on a presumption of time that history will dictate the future. That's that mirror reality. So if you look at that as the, uh, the x-axis mm-hmm. on, a, on a linear graph, when you move into a state of timelessness, it actually releases you from the inevitability of time and it allows you to actually create a new timeline or a new reality or a new cell or a new moment there. Creation only happens in a state of timelessness. So I like to see that state of timelessness as the Mm y-axis. And many teachers have been talking for many years about the now moment and how powerful it is. Um, some people talk about getting into the vortex. What is that? That is the state of timelessness where it is, I am, it is in this moment, this is all that exists. That's the reset. And that's what actually elevates you and allows you to now begin to be less subject to that timeline of predictability. So it's the same with healing. It's the same with creation. It's the same with I want more to happen with my business. It's the state of timelessness that's where the magic is. You know, another thing uh, you had mentioned, and it popped up in my mind when I was preparing for the interview, Rebecca. And again, my special guest is Rebecca Dawson, channeled from Perth, Australia. Her new book is called Foo. But we were talking about, I remember last time we spoke, you said, and I think it might have been even off offline, you said, oh, you have, you know, anger, which I was talking about anger. And you said, it's not you. Don't worry about your anger because it's not coming from you necessarily. And so I started doing a practice just a couple of days ago where I, for some reason, I reached out to my ancestors and said, I want to assuage the anger or and other things in our DNA, maybe the pain we've gone through and things that have violence or whatever over all the many lives that they lived over the you know thousands and thousands of years. And I had a heart opening. That occurred while I was doing this. It just went poop. And I was like, this is unbelievable. So t- this morning I did it for my past lives uh, and did the same thing, trying to work on that. I guess, I guess the point is if we're open to doing some of these things, if we're open to possibilities and not constricted by what we're told, this is the way it is. Here's your timelines. Here's your schedule. Here's what you have to do to survive that there's amazing things that we can do and results we can get if we just open ourselves up. I'm just going to move into channel if that's okay. Please. Greetings to you, blessed one. We are with you. With every notion that you are bringing to us on this day, it's always going to come back to the same experience. And the experience here and the question from you is, How do I change what is happening? It's all about change. How do I improve? How do I get better? How do I heal? How do I release myself? If you are in a state of linear belief, which means that you subscribe to the belief in time, 
the belief in a past and a future, there is very little that you can do. And that's the sense of powerlessness that humans feel on a daily basis, many times a moment-to-moment basis. The only way to completely shift the parameters of your experience is to come out of dormancy in time and wake up into the present moment reality because that's the only place that life actually exists. Everything that you are experiencing within a timeline is a dream. The illusion of the earth reality is time. That time is where the dream is. So if you're trying to correct a dream, if you're trying to correct a past life, if you're trying to change your future, you're trying to change an illusion. And while that may be a very interesting exercise for you and (laughs) it might make you feel more empowered, it can also be frustrating. I mean, there are those that are here on the planet at this time to play with changing the dream. There are many advanced beings on the planet at this time that are actually here to change the view of history. And they're here to change the view of history to assist the collective human consciousness in believing in a different future. So there are those that do that. But for you and for many like you who are toiling to try to change your life and change your future, there is no more effective and simple way than moving into the state of timelessness. Because if you're trying to play with time, you're trying to change the dream. Hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And in essence, what you want to do is to wake up out of the dream. So let the beings that are here trying to change history do it. Yes, for those who are unable to wake up out of the dream, but those who are listening to us on this day are listening because you have the ability to wake up out of it. So how best can I serve them? This, I was doing this for myself, but I thought I could help, uh, help all my ancestors and help all my past lives and affect the present in a po- positive way acknowledging the fact that everything is happening at the same time because time is not linear the way we see it. Time is all happening at once. So you're saying then the best thing I can do and we can do is to focus on experiencing the now, working with the space that's available to us and create, create, create. Yes, you do something different from that space of spontaneity and timelessness. Now, what you say is true, of course, all of these other aspects that exist simultaneously with you through the appearance and the illusion of time. If you are in the present moment, you are bringing all of those aspects into the present moment with you, which means that every anything new that you do in the present moment that is inspired, that is about doing something radical that is doing something spontaneous or heartfelt or joyful, they're also doing. So in the now moment, you are also changing history and changing the future. It's just that that's not where your focus is. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing to do that because it's coming from the right intention from a heartfelt place that I can help heal the past, but really the focus needs to be right now. And if I focus on the right now, and they do it the right way, it'll it'll heal the past, which is actually the present. Of course. Let us explain time to you like this. Please. If you have the, the horizontal axis of third dimensional linear time, and you want to actually reset the earth reality for the collective, not just for yourself, but for right. the collective. 
active, the more energy you put your presence into the now moment and you don't donate it to the past or the future. You're not going back and reviewing. You're not trying to organize your future, but you're here. Your vibration and the vibration of many others like yourself who are so conscious, it becomes magnetic. And if that becomes a magnetic, guess what happens to the linear time? It starts to fold in towards you which means that the past and the future now start to agree with who you are in this moment. And you don't just do it for yourself, you do it collectively. And that's what shifts the earth reality into a new paradigm and a new collective timeline. So from a, thank you very much, Masters, and welcome. Uh, I'm honored that you're here. Um, so from a practical standpoint, um, what can the people, our listeners do? What can I do? What can Rebecca do? What can we all do to get ourselves closer to being in that present and being able to take advantage of all the space that's out there for us to play around it? Well, you can't do it by donating your thoughts and your energy to the past or the future, firstly. Okay. Secondly, it's about understanding that the true magnificence of the human design is that you are magnetic in essence. And so if you are in the present moment, you actually start to feel the energy of yourself and you actually start to feel the potency of your own presence. Bring your attention back to your body. Can you feel the energy within yourself? That is your gift. That is your power. And the more that you do that, the more time and reality starts to shape itself in accordance with your vibration. So it's not about thought intent. I am intending that this is what I want to achieve. It's about being the pure magnetic presence that allows the earth reality to begin to shape itself in accordance with that vibration. And if enough of you are doing that, the collective timeline begins to shift to shape itself in accordance with that frequency. So that's your gift. It is not a time for application of energy into a timeline. If you're trying to apply your energy into your future, if you're trying to apply your energy into the past, you're reinforcing it. Rather, be you who you are, be aware that your superpower is your magnetic presence and watch as everything starts to shape itself in accordance with you. This is why you are here at this time. You are not here to attend to the past you are not here to hope for the future. You are here to be present. Since uh, since we're communicating right now, Masters, um, you know, there's a lot of concern with uh, what's going on with our planet right now. And there's also a lot of talk about, oh, this is a time of ascension and some people are ascending and people are thinking there's going to be some great shift and some uh, events, uh, whether it's a solar flare or an announcement or disclosure or whatever. And when you factor in that time is time is not linear, are we are people way off in their consideration that they think something's going to happen like right now? And because everybody wants to know, like, when, 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 when is all this change going to happen? 
Well, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because what we've just described is that the more conscious <laughs> humans that are in the present moment, the more the timeline starts to fold in towards you. So what happens when the conscious ones are waking up and the timeline starts to fold in? Suddenly they start to see things in history that they weren't perhaps aware of that's very concerning. And suddenly they start to see things in the future that they weren't aware of and it becomes very concerning. Everything starts to become exposed. And so the invitation then is not to panic and say, we need to change it. The invitation here is to say, I'm becoming aware of what this matrix of time and belief was all about with humanity because it's starting to bend upwards towards me. So that's not the time to jump out of your present moment and try to change it or fix it. Uh, be aware that it's becoming exposed because it's starting to align itself with a new frequency of vibration. So this is the time where it's about exposure. And what can often happen is you can see things that are ahead that become alarming and you wish to change it. Stay where you are. Give it an opportunity to reshape itself to your vibration. So the question here is when it will occur actually in a now moment experience. And what we mean by that is that it will be a spontaneous experience. Now, you may say to us, is that going to occur collectively? That was my question, yes. When it happens for you, it will seem as if it's happened for many because there will be agreement. There will be those that are saying, it's happened, can you feel it? And your invitation is to not then look for evidence in the bending timeline to say, well, those people over there don't feel it, it hasn't <laughs> happened. Because remember, there is a wave of you that go first before the rest of you catch up. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, anything um, that we need to know uh, collectively and also personally at this time, since I have well, you this, here? <laughs> of course. Well, this is a time where, as you know, as that timeline begins to bend towards that energy of of wholeness that you're sitting in from time to time in your spontaneous moments and we do want to say that your family is bringing you a lot of joy with that it's very important yes. for you your family because they're the moments that you are present that that is their gift to you you yes. are present with them and there is the joy so mm -hmm. there it Amongst others and collectively you can see there's a lot of turbulence happening at this time there's a lot of disruption a lot of Okay, we have a little frozen area. Okay, we're back. And then there's, there's panic if they feel that they cannot change the future or change the past. So while you're watching all of this turbulence, we would wish you to see it like waves on the ocean. And what many humans do is they either get caught up in the waves in the ocean and it throws them around or they decide to drop into their knowingness. They give up and they say, I'm just going to drop back into source. I'm going to go into my meditation and they drop into the ocean. And this is something that you've experienced, agree, and many who are listening. They'll say, well, I'm just going to let go. But there is an opportunity at this time for awakening humans, for very conscious humans to say, well, I've done many years of sitting in source. 
I've had many years of dropping and surrendering and saying that I'm letting go. And you go very quiet and you're largely invisible. But let us say that this is the time for the awakening human to become very visible. This is not the time to go into the cave. This is the time where instead of sitting in the current and letting go and letting God and all of those approaches, it's now time to get up on top of those ways and to let the momentum carry you to something new. So it's a very powerful time right now if you know that you can surf the turbulence, which means you can see it, you can acknowledge it, and you're going to use it as momentum to carry you into a completely new era of your experience. That's why we say for those who are conscious, this is a time of great movement and acceleration. But it's not because you're donating energy to a system. It's because you're, you have the grace and the balance on your surfboard to say, let's see where this momentum's going to take us. And so it's a very powerful, fertile, creative period for conscious humans right now. There's a lot of speed and acceleration available. If you lose your balance, of course, you're going to drop into the waves and then you have to drop back into source again and try and ride it again. But that's the challenge at this time. Um, from a personal standpoint, what is it that I need to do or can do to um, I don't want to say take advantage of this, but be of as much service as I can to myself, to my family, and to the collective. Well, just as any surfer knows, when they're on top <laughs> of the waves, they know that they're at one with it. They also know the power of it, but they don't actually want to fall off into it. Agree? So yes. this is where your balance comes in. And it's it's a wonderful practice because what you say is, well, I am at one with the wave. I'm not really separate from the collective. But I have the grace to know that I can do something wonderful with this. And so for you personally, the turbulence that's happening around you can be used to actually drive you further into visibility, drive you further into your creative pursuits, to allow you to actually have more momentum and more exposure and more visibility. So it's not about how do we quell the waves. It's now how do we, how does the movement from this propel us forward into something new? So the surfer doesn't shy away from the waves. Mm -hmm. Well, beautifully stated. Thank you so much, Masters. Thank you, Rebecca. Oh. Peace be with you. Thank you. Okay. Rebecca's back. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut them off. I wanted to make no, sure. No, no, that that's, that's all fine. That <laughs> was all such good. a pleasant surprise that they came in and uh, what they had to say was so, so wonderful. So for the benefit of our audience, our listeners and viewers, when you are channeling, are you aware of everything that's being said or you, do you kind of step aside and um, you know what's been going on? Uh, no, so I, I'm aware of everything that's happening. I also get a beautiful visual of everything too it's like watching a movie so um i don't always retain it all of course because my brain would blow up <laughs> with everything that gets shown um what, what actually gets channeled verbally is probably about a hundredth of what is viewed. wow wow it was so interesting that when since i live in southern california about a mile from the beach that they were talking about surfing as ah. a yeah 
And I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. That's pretty darn good. So thank you, Masters, and uh, very helpful information for all of us that we you know, know, know need to know how to, uh, you know, I don't want to say take advantage of, but be able to ride the wave and uh, keep our wits about us. And if it does get choppy out there, you just got to look, look ahead and anticipate. And uh, these are some of the things I always do my best teaching my son about. And I think for everybody, we being in the present moment and anticipating and enjoying each moment and the expansion of it is is so important to us. Yes, and I think particularly at this time because it is so turbulent, to be the surfer and to use that turbulence as a foundation for our own joy and acceleration and movement is it's a challenge, but it's it's our great opportunity. Rebecca Dawson, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. Rebecca, where can folks find out more about you and all your wonderful works? Oh, I have a, a website. It's just my name, RebeccaDawson.net. Uh, and there's a lot of free content on there. I've got a YouTube channel. Yeah, there's there's lots of things you can engage with there. <laughs> well, well, I'm so glad you came back to the show, and I'm sure we'll see you again sometime soon. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks, Robert. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, wow. That was quite the conversation with Rebecca Dawson, channeler from Perth, Australia, and my buddy, and also the masters who popped into the show and our conversation were so enlightening and so helpful and had so many great insights for us. Because the topics we were talking about, it's not that easy. A lot of the spiritual enfoldment stuff is, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like, oh, foo-foo stuff, but it's not. It's, I don't want to say it's mathematical, but there's, uh, spiritual study is not, is not easy, and the enfoldment process takes time, and you start to see the world very differently once you get into that process. And I can tell you from my own studies, uh, things become, it's like golf, let's put it that way. <laughs> The more you play, the more the game opens up and becomes dimensionalized. It's the same thing with chess. The more you learn, when you learn the game and you start to play, it becomes more complicated but more interesting. Spirituality is like that in many ways because it seems like it's simple and then you realize that there's a lot of layers to what's going on. There's a lot of frequency, a lot of dimensions. You have to get a sense as to where you are in relationship to everything else, how we're all connected, how there's more space than there are atoms connected to each other. So the space between all of that stuff is actually, there's a lot more of that than the actual the density that occurs when you have all these atoms and neutrons pushed together. So what does that mean? That means the possibilities are way beyond anything we are ever told or we ever dream of. So keep that in mind that there's so much out there for us and we're only seeing a very small part of the puzzle. We see things through a very specific filter that's kind of collectively agreed to, but there's a lot more. I know that sounds like a lot, but you're going to have to go on your own personal journey uh, searching for answers for that, which will undoubtedly bring up more questions for you, but also connecting yourself with other like-minded individuals. Uh, they always say that the teacher shows up when the student is ready. It happened for me. I think it happens for most people. And we just want to keep learning and keep growing and keep ascending because I think the one takeaway we got from the masters and also from other uh, collectives that I've been listening to um, is that the world is in the process of uh, ascension. 
definitely a different energy coming in, a much stronger energy coming in from inside the earth out and from outside the earth in. And it's happening now and it's nothing, it's it's unstoppable. And it all depends on how each of us handles it as to what's going to happen with all of us. So you want to fasten your seatbelt, but you also want to shoot for the stars. So that's, that's my own guys, guys take on things. And there's just a lot for us for each one of our own personal journeys. But you want to be there. You want to be present and understand that there's so much more out there than we ever consider. So don't sell yourself short. Don't let the system or whatever tell you what you can do and what you can't do and what your limitations are. Know that you are forever. You're endless and you just keep going. So think of things that way and let the world blossom around you. All right, Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio here in Southern California, 106.5. FM, 10.50 AM, the podcast, my YouTube and Rumble post worldwide Thursdays. The radio show on KCAA replays every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. You can also catch me all over social media, so hit me up Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. My website is robertmanni.com. I've got over 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, all different types of subjects we cover there. It's all for free. You can also download three free chapters to my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is really the source material for everything that we've been doing. Guy's Guy, everything opened up from there. And it's about the world of men and kind of a peek behind a curtain into the odd world of men and modern men and their odd dating habits, if you will, and a lot more than that. It's a, it's a book that's a fast-paced, frothy rom-com, but it's also really about something. It's about friendship and relationships, and yeah, there's a lot of sex and rock, sex, and I don't want to say drugs and rock and roll, because it's about, it's a lot of sex. There's not too much drugs and rock and roll in it, but it's a fun book. Actually, there is some rock and roll in it. There's some musical references, and there, maybe there's a little bit of recreational stuff going on also. But the name of the book, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, and you can pick it up on Amazon, any of the e-tailers, physical book, uh, e-book, and a great stocking stuffer. So please consider that. Uh, I think if you check the reviews, you'll see everybody has a lot of fun with the book. So all right, Guys Guys Radio, I'm here every week. I love doing the show. I've got a lot more guests lined up. We've got a lot more news coming up that I'm going to be announcing in the next couple of weeks or so. But things are going great for the show. We're growing and growing and growing. I thank all my wonderful guests that I've interviewed over the years. I thank my wonderful producer, Chris, and also Ryan. They've done such a great job. Always have my back. And most of all, I thank you, our growing audience. And uh, I love you all. And thank you for being along with me. And if you want to, again, if you want to support the show and you like the content and the guests, subscribe to my YouTube, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, or wherever you consume Guys Guys Radio or Guys Guys TV. I'll see you next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys finish first.